Welcome to Hockey Night in New York, where Islanders hockey is always top shelf. Whether you got your start as a dynasty veteran, a Millbury survivor, or you were born into the Church of Trots, Hockey Night in New York is your home for all things Isles. Now, here are your eclectic hosts, Sean Cuthbert and Christian Arnold. Ladies and gentlemen, it is... Ladies and gentlemen, it is Hockey Night in New York. Welcome to the program, everyone. It is Sunday, February 14th, 2021. Coming at you live from the Hockey Night in New York studios on Long Island. We got another big show coming up for you tonight. Back on the regularly scheduled Sunday night, Sean Leahy of NBC Sports will be joining us. My name is Sean Cuthbert. With me, as always, is Christian Arnold. Christian, how are you? I'm doing well, Sean. How are you doing, buddy? I'm doing all right. I'm doing all right. Nice to be back here uh, for Sunday. You yeah. Know? Nice to get back into our regular yeah. scheduled Yeah. I mean, we, well, we did a Friday. We did a Monday. A Monday. We're all over the place. Yeah. Finally, the, the Islanders conveniently changed their schedule for us. I would like to think so anyway. <laughs> right? So here we are back uh, <laughs> back on Sunday night. Uh, looking forward to uh, some... Well, if they some... changed their schedule for us, then we wouldn't have gotten... Uh, Kind of screwed the other week when the Islanders and Sabers didn't play for uh, when we didn't when we had a week off of games. Yeah, and it's funny we were leading into tomorrow, and and I was like the Sabers, huh? Yeah, <laughs> I was like I hope this works out, but it looks yeah. like we're going to be good. And uh, folks, want to thank you guys for tuning in here at twitch.tv slash hockey night and why. And I'd like to remind you that we are sponsored by Blue Line Deli and Bagels located at 719 West Jericho Turnpike in Huntington. Make sure you head on over for great food, great people, and fantastic service. Remember, you can always check out the menu at bluelinedeli.com. We're also sponsored by Thai Technology, a voice over IP company providing phone services for businesses across the country. If you're tired of dealing with long hold times and the impersonal service of companies like Spectrum, Optum, and Verizon, Give Thai Technology a call at 516-856-7800 for three free months of service. So, Christian, after a week with no games, we finally got some games. And uh, four games since the last show, actually. <laughs> so, you, what, you had a couple versus Pittsburgh. You had the Rangers in there. And, of course, the Bruins last night. And we can actually talk about some hockey that happened. And, hey, 3 and one Nice little difference between the, the, the previous week where they actually played some games. That was a, a winless <laughs> skid, if you remember. <laughs> so we got some positive stuff to talk about. So with that said, what do you say, CA? Certainly a much better time uh, talking about real games than the last time around, for sure, Sean. There's no doubt about it. The Islanders are playing much better hockey. And I think, uh, as Lou Lamorello Lou said today during a conference call with reporters, uh, the Islanders' game against the Bruins was probably their best they've had all season the most complete effort uh top to bottom uh, you get a, a contribution obviously big time from matthew barzal who don't forget the boston bruins decided not to draft not once not twice but three times in 2015 and he did not let them forget when he scored the islanders third goal of the game in the <laughs> third period he, he loves the number three <laughs> he loves it he did not let them forget uh also huge contributions from jg pajot yeah uh, the islanders second line with brock nelson michael dal cole and Jordan yeah Everly also looking, looking forward uh, to talking phenomenal about that again. yes and then you had contributions to the fourth line as well, picking up steam from uh, you know the last couple games. Uh, we talked about them, what was it, a week ago, two weeks ago, about how maybe things are not going in the right directions. Well, the fourth line certainly picked it up more recently in this stretch of games. Yeah. And uh, they've certainly looked a lot better than they did uh, at the beginning of the season. And then that stretch, obviously, where the Islanders dropped five, uh, four, five straight, five straight. Yeah, look, if not for one little blemish in the way that that second Pittsburgh game ended, we might be talking about a perfect stretch here of four games. Yeah. 
Yeah. I mean, look, obviously some highs and lows within those games, but look, you, you can't argue with the fact that they've got, what, seven out of eight points through these four games. They, they bounce back. They're back in playoff position here in the East Division, brought to you by Mass Mutual. Yes, that's yeah. correct. Cool. Wanted to make sure I had that right. <laughs> so, but what I want to start with, Christian, and, and also, we got a lot of fun stuff to talk about tonight, yeah. actually. We have, uh, have that t-shirt giveaway. That we do. We'll be talking about that later. We have a lucky winner picked out. Yes. So, uh, uh, by ran- at random, of course. Yes. But um, wanted to start with... Well, the way you said that, it made it sound I know, it like really it, sounded shady, We really right? did pick the person at random. <laughs> it's true. I don't know why Sean said it like that, but I wasn't really being sarcastic. He so, wasn't. Anyway, anyway, I wanted to talk, start with the fact that we, we, we talked about this break, right, last week. Like, how's it going to serve them? And, and it, we're going to find out after yeah. the week's over, right? And we did. And, and I guess now everyone's like, well, the, I guess the break actually served them well because of how well they played. Yeah, no but, doubt. It's. I mean, was it the break, or was it just because they got back on track? I think the break helped a bit in this sense. I think now that we've gone through a week or so of, of real games and the Islanders got back on the ice and everything going on, I, I think the break served served them well. You talked about I a agree. lot. You talked to, the Islanders talked a lot about getting the joy back in their game, and it certainly seems like they did that. I think before the break, you had that five game skid that they were going through. Things just didn't seem. Everyone seemed to be gripping their sticks a little tighter. Things just didn't seem to be as meshing. one does in a yeah. five-game losing streak. Right, exactly. But things yeah. just everything that could go wrong seemed to be going wrong for the Islanders. Yeah. The fourth line was really struggling. Goaltending was good, but the Islanders weren't putting up the effort in front of them. They were weren't finding ways to score. Um, you know, your top 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 couple of lines, your top two really at the most were the ones carrying a lot of the offense and a lot of the play. So the Islanders got an opportunity for in that week to take a break, to take a breath. And really just get back to a little couple days of practice and get back to the, the joy, if you will, or get back to their their style of playing. It paid off. I mean, that game, um, you know, they've had, they had a couple good games coming out, of, coming out of that. Obviously, even the Pittsburgh game wasn't that bad. There's obviously a couple yeah. rough stretches there, and um, Pittsburgh's a good team. And if there's any, any couple players that are going to give it to the Islanders, it's always going to be the Pittsburgh Penguins. It's always going to be Evgeny Malkin and... Uh, Sidney Crosby historically so uh, yeah. that shouldn't surprise too many people including the New York Islanders I think they were fully prepared for um, knowing that that was going to be a tough tough matchup and tough game and uh, but I, I mean again you look at some of the other games the game against the New York Rangers the game against the Boston Bruins a lot of good things there a lot of good things there a lot of things to like in the Islanders game and the fact that especially the Boston game against one of the best teams in the in the National Hockey League not even just the yeah division, I mean this has been the big bragging rights for the Islanders right now. They're the only team to not only beat the Bruins in regulation, but they did it twice. Yeah, yeah. It's, so I mean, you can hang your hat on that, I guess, for now. That certainly is. <laughs> it's, a, it's a, certainly a feat. I mean, the Bruins are the best team in the East for a reason. They are one of the best teams in the National Hockey League for a reason. Um, they go out there. They play a very hard style of, of hockey, very physical brand of hockey. Yeah. Uh, and they have guys that can put the puck in the back of the net. Semyon Varlamov had a, had a great night in, in net as well. And then, again, you had the offensive contributions coming from uh, that middle that middle two lines between uh, Eberle, uh, between Pajot. You had Barzal cashing in on the big goal like we talked about before. Right. So, I mean, you had contributions up and down the lineup. Yeah, no, for sure. And, look, I think it's pretty unanimous going in here to this season that Boston was going to be the class of this division. They were the team to beat. Yeah. So, look, you got to beat everybody else to get to the dance and, and you know, have a shot and, you know, to go far in the playoffs and whatnot. But it's it's a good sign to see that Boston may not necessarily be that 
mammoth team that the Islanders can't handle. Because going into the season, we talked about the struggles against those right, guys. Right, when Jimmy Murphy was on the program a, right. a, a, a couple weeks ago, he, he said they played pretty close games. And in fairness to him, they did. I think the few games that always have stuck out to, to myself as well as you and, and I guess Islander fans are the yeah. ones that were just blowouts. Uh, blowouts. Yeah. I mean, especially right. the one on Butch Goring night right. uh, you know, in February yeah, of last year. One. So I think those nights obviously stand out. The Islanders have played them a little tighter than maybe we gave them credit for. And and now, you know, they found the magic to beat the Boston Bruins. And, I mean, you know, to their credit, I guess you could say they played a very similar style to the Bruins. Yeah. Uh, you know, on Saturday night, on that Monday night game in, earlier in the season. So it paid off. And as you touched on, they're starting to get more scoring throughout the lineup. And, and look, that's what you need to beat these teams. So just to, to keep on the break for a little while, one of the things that they, they said they were going to emph- emphasize on the break was the special teams. And they did. They worked on the power play. I, obviously, they worked on the penalty kill as well. So just to rattle off some numbers, what happened this Please. week, as far as that goes, uh, power play goals in three of the four games this week, it looked noticeably better. And interestingly enough, they went one for one in all three games where they had a power play goal. And they're not getting a ton of power play chances, but they're capitalizing on it. Well, in the one game that they didn't have a power play goal, they only had one chance there. They were 0 for 1. Yeah. So very interesting how they they go 75% (laughs) through these four games. That's not going to continue. But You can't imagine anyway. I mean, not only in the results column as far as the the goals actually going in during those two minutes, Mm -hmm. but it actually looks noticeably better. The way that they're setting up, the way that they're generating chances down low, the way that they're... They're uh, earning themselves more time in the offensive zone during these power plays. And they're getting the goalie to move side to side. I mean, you look at Barzell's. I mean, he was wide open. He had that pass across from Lee. but let's talk about that for a minute. Sure. I I wrote about this last night after the game. That was the turning point of the game. I do this turning point now after every game, uh, win, loss, or draw, or however it shakes out for the Islanders. (laughs) Okay. um, I, I think the amazing thing not was the fact that he was left open once for that goal. But the fact that it was the second time in that sequence that Barzal was left open. There was nobody near him. So you think back to the original shot he has there. He, get, you know, the Islanders, Anders Lee makes an incredible effort to keep the puck in the, uh, puck in the, in the zone during the power play opportunity. Yeah. The Islanders work it around. I believe it was, uh, I want to say it was Noah Dobson who fired a shot uh, somewhere from the outside. It hits off, you know, uh, Tuka Rask makes the saves. It goes right to Barzal, and Barzal's sitting in the far side face-off circle, and just gets a clean... It wasn't the cleanest of looks, I should say, but he puts it over the net, and the puck rattles around, comes back all the way out. Islanders keep it in, and then the second opportunity. But Barzol doesn't move. If you watch Matt Barzol that entire time, he kind of just stays in that area for most of the sequence and doesn't move. So all of a sudden, the Bruins have now focused on all four Islanders on the near side of the ice, and Matt Barzell gets left all alone on the, on the far side with no one picking up even as the Islanders are moving the puck around. Yeah, and it makes you wonder, and I can't imagine this is the case, but is it a guy that they leave alone a little bit because he's not known for really being a trigger man? And so they say, ah, you know what, we can cheat a little bit towards the other guys because he's looking past most of the time anyway. Or it just might have been, look, these these things happen. I mean, how many how many coverage frustrations have Islander fans had, right? right. Where you have a guy like that left wide open, and he pots in the empty net. Sometimes you just lose sight of where guys are. Uh, but I think I think the egregiousness of it all was just the fact that they did it twice. And right. if it's if right. that's the case, if let's say that the, the Bruins said, all right, you know, Matt Barlow's not really a scorer. He's more <laughs> of an assist guy and more of a playmaker. Well, he's certainly changing that narrative this year. I mean, that's a lot of disrespect to Matt Barzal. Yeah, I don't, I don't, the team's I don't think that's leading what it is. And I, I think a lot of teams know that. But 
Perhaps that's true. It just really blew my mind for a team that's as defensively sound as the Boston Bruins. Yeah. That such an egregious error could have been made in such an important sequence in the game. Right. And the nice thing to, to, to kind of latch on to that is Barzell is looking like a goal scorer. Yeah. Not to say that he never had the ability previously, but... It's more noticeable now this year, I feel like. Well, he's pulling the trigger more. Yeah. And, and it's ending up in the back of the net. He's never not had a good shot. Mm-hmm. He just has chosen not to use it as often. He's usually that pass-first guy. And, you know, maybe, I'm, I'm sure they've been preaching to him ever since he came up. But maybe it's finally gotten into his head where, yeah, you know what, i got to shoot the puck more. And we're seeing the, a very positive result out of it. What do you have, what does he have, six goals now, seven goals now, whatever it is? I don't have He's on an eight-game point streak, a new career high. There you go. Um, so, I mean, he's, he's clearly finding uh, a rhythm here this season. Yeah. Uh, and, and obviously the way the Islanders played on, Monday, on Saturday night against the Boston Bruins, it sets up for, you know, two games back-to-back against the Buffalo Sabres. And I think more, I think a lot of people, as I'm noticing in the chat, yeah. is the question of, all right, if Anthony Beauvillier is ready to play, who's coming out? I'm looking forward to talking about that. But we can't right now because we got a break for Sean Leahy of NBC Sports. So, folks, want to thank you, as always, for tuning in to twitch.tv slash HockeyNightNY. We're going to take that break, and we will be right back. Customer service is the backbone of any great business, and reliable telecommunication is essential to keeping your client base happy. Introducing Thai Technology, a low-cost, flexible internet phone service founded on the idea that every customer deserves exceptional service while providing simple setup and management and easy integration to clients across the country. Thai Technology will not only create a custom solution tailored to your specific needs, but will partner with you to provide a competitive edge to you and your clients. And if you need support, you won't be routed to an automated call center in another country. You'll get a live representative that had a personal hand in building your account. So Islander fans, if your business is looking for a change from companies like Spectrum, Verizon, or Optimum, Thai Technology is offering three free months of service for any of its affordable packages. Just call 516-856-7800. That's 516-856-7800. 7800 or visit them on the web at tietechnology.com that's tie t-i-e technology.com tie technology the right choice for your internet phone service the only thing better than a great long island deli is a great long island deli run by diehard islander fans blue line deli and bagels located at 719 west jericho turnpike in huntington will make any islander fan feel right at home with its familiar blue and orange theme and isles decor Blue Line Deli and Bagels proudly serves Bagel Boss Bagels, along with breakfast favorites, hockey-themed heroes, quesadillas, salads, fresh-made smoothies, and much more. So stop on in for delicious food, a clean atmosphere, and a happy staff ready to greet you with friendly service no matter what team you support. Want to place an order for pickup? Call 631-944-3222 or visit bluelinedeli.com to check out the menu and order online. Blue Line Deli and Bagels, where the great selections will have you saying... Yes, yes, yes. Hope you enjoyed the ads. Now let's get back to Hockey Night in New York with Sean Cuthbert and Christian Arnold. And welcome back to the program. This is Hockey Night. In New York, with me as always, Sean Cuthbert, I'm Christian Arnold, and it's time for On the Line, brought to you by our friends over at Thai Technology, and On the Line with us from NBC Sports is Sean Leahy. It's a Sean and Sean affair. What's going on, Sean? Hello, boys. How are you? I'm doing well. It's nice to see you. That's the nicest thing you've ever said to me, Christian. Um, Let's keep it that way, Sean. (laughs) Let's keep it that way. 
Well, we do appreciate you jumping on. Obviously, uh, a lot to talk about going on in the world of the Islanders, going on in the world of the National Hockey League. But let's start with the the bigger picture of the National Hockey League. And, of course, one of the biggest stories uh, this past week or so has been the fact of uh, the impact of COVID on the National Hockey League. And while things didn't seem to be looking in the looking the most brightest for the situation, things certainly have seemed to turn a corner the last couple of days, it seems like. Yeah, the, today a lot of the Devils came off of that list, so uh, they could potentially get back to playing games uh, this week. Same for the the Sabers, who the Islanders are going to see for the next two days. But um, it, it's it's just going to be an ongoing issue that we're going to have to watch not just weekly, but but daily and how it affects teams. I mean, it, it, we're barely a, we're a month and a day through the season, and you have teams like the Devils, the Wild, the Sabers, who have been hit so hard with COVID, where there's been so many games postponed, and we still have. 40-ish games per team plus uh, to go, um, and it's a long way until until May 8th where the, the regular season is supposed, supposed to end, and you can't imagine what's going to happen over that period of time. And as far and also, too, the, the vaccine stuff where teams are, how many players will be able to get the vaccine, and maybe they'll kind of mitigate issues uh, later in the season and into the playoffs. Sean, obviously the the, the- – the outbreak that happened uh, a week or so ago impacted the New York Islanders, impacted a lot of the teams, the New Jersey, not the Islanders directly, but just their schedule. But obviously the Buffalo Sabres, New Jersey Devils, Minnesota Wild, Colorado Avalanche. Um, you know, the league certainly, you know, kind of had to adjust things a little bit to kind of make good on, on some of the things that went wrong there. What what sort of happened that there was such a, a quick outbreak among a lot of these teams? And how is the league addressing these issues so that it doesn't happen again? Well, they're starting to do you know more of that the, the testing because uh, some of the testing was was taking place and teams weren't getting the results until late, as we saw uh, was it last week with the Golden Knights where Thomas Nosek got pulled in the middle of the game. Uh, sort of what happened with Kevin Durant last week as well. So you, you can't have that because it's a guy playing in a game. He potentially tests positive. Who is he around on the bench in the locker room? You're on the ice. Uh, that could just that could just be absolute some uh, just. Madness, you know, you, you don't know how it's going to affect everybody else. Um, and obviously, we've seen last week with the the glass removed behind the benches, some more uh, uh, these I, I believe they're called HEPA machines, where they're supposed to you know clean you know filter the air. Um, a lot of these things uh, that they've done, I don't know why they didn't start in the beginning of the season, just to because you knew you knew uh, they weren't going to go an entire season without some sort of outbreaks or this you know the league being affected because we're not in the bubble anymore. Uh, people are going from the arenas to their homes and, and, and seeing people outside of just their teammates. So it, it's going to happen. All you can hope for is that these measures that they took, that they have instituted in the last week or so, really will kind of start leveling things out. And, and that COVID list we see every day, about between 5 and 6 o'clock, we'll see fewer and fewer players on a more regular basis going forward. Well, it seems like it's trending in that direction, Sean. But I, I think one of the most interesting parts of that whole scenario was the fact that um, Buffalo obviously was impacted so so much, but the fact that New Jersey, um, it, it seemed that Buffalo had asked New Jersey and the National Hockey League for some information that wasn't shared, and that set in kind of this motion, the whole thing where Buffalo had several players test positive and a lot of players go on the COVID list. And at one point you had the, I want to say it was the county commissioner or county executive up there where Buffalo plays. Um, I want to say it's Erie County. I can't remember off the top of my head, but saying to the athletic that they were thinking about, you know, filing a lawsuit against the NHL or bringing, you know, there was, it it got pretty serious. How did the NHL sort of get themselves into that situation with Buffalo? I think just reading from what we know, uh, 
it's just a lack of communication between mm-hmm. the teams, between the league and the teams, uh, and, and just not being on top of that. When they found out, you know, when did they find out? Um, certainly, there, there, it's not like it's uh, there hasn't been precedent as far as them canceling a game hours before it takes place. Just because at least now it's a little easier because you don't got to worry about fans and, and that kind of uh, you, know, the, the, you know delaying their day. Right. It's just a matter of the players and you know the, the, the people that are working at the arena, even though there's a lot fewer people there now this season because because everything. But I, I, it's I'm surprised that, that the league didn't learn just kind of how the other leagues have done it. We've seen baseball go through a whole regular season, football, just kind of how those two leagues handle things, the rights, the wrongs, and ha- you know they had so much extra time once they got out of the bubble before this start to really kind of mitigate any situations so they didn't blow up into outbreaks, kind of what we've seen now. Um, you know, I was thinking back, one of my, I was thinking of, we were doing this, this preseason predictions post on, on, on NBC, and one of them I was going to have was, my bold prediction was going to be there's going to be no games uh, postponed this season. And then, and like, literally three hours later was the Dallas Stars news. So that got shot to hell nice. really quick. But um, I, I, you would just think, though, with, this, with, the, with how successful the bubble was but, and now going to this where it's, you, there's no bubble now, you figure you, you'd think there'd be just more caution for everyone involved. Um, certainly you weren't going to get zero cases this year like that just because we see how COVID hits everybody everywhere, no matter what. Um, but it, it just seems like there, there could be a little more, more caution to, to protect the players, the coaches, the staff, everyone involved. Uh, cause like there's a lot riding. You, you don't want this, you don't want to get to the Stanley Cup playoffs and have an outbreak happen and a series is delayed right. 10 days. What are you going to do then? Um, and I, I'm, the thing I'm, I'm very curious to see is what happens is depending on how, if things get better, get worse over the next couple months, if maybe later in the playoffs, maybe if we get to the final four, if there is some sort of bubble situation just to protect those, those final two rounds so we don't get any sort of delays. Yeah, for sure, Sean. I imagine they have uh, some contingency plans in place for if and when that becomes an issue. And there's a new wrinkle here, uh, particularly in New York, where towards the end of the month, Andrew Cuomo wants to allow fans back into buildings. Now, obviously, on a very limited scale, we're looking at 10% right now. Has there been any sort of talk or chatter about what what sort of um, stipulations the league might throw into that for when these arenas are ready to bring the fans back in? Or is that still kind of we're learning as we go? I think the arena by arena issue is more of you know the local government, the state government, you know whatever whatever body oversees the, the arena. Otherwise, we would have seen all thirty one teams open up with some capacity of fans, and we only saw I think it was like three or four. So um, it's encouraging, you know maybe you know it's encouraging that you know fans are, are being able to be allowed into the, some of these arenas because it's showing that in some places things are getting better, and hopefully they stay that way. But um, it, we're, I think we're still a long, long way until we see, you know, a full, I don't know if, we, I don't even know if it's going to be the Nassau Coliseum. It could be UBS arena by the time right. we get a, we get a full rank anywhere else. So it'll be, it's a, it's a shame that with this being the, the, the second last season for uh, Nassau Coliseum <laughs> that it may end with no fans being in the rank. Right. The last, last, we really promise <laughs> this is the last season at the Nassau Coliseum. We're talking to Sean Leahy of NBC Sports. Let's keep it around the league here for a second, Sean. There's obviously some news, some more news in the East Division. A little shakeup in Pittsburgh, a little unexpected situation. They end up bringing in Ron Hextall and Brian Burke to take over. 
Um, nobody saw this coming from what I could tell. So maybe you could just chat a little bit about that and, and that what that means for the Pittsburgh Penguins going forward. Yeah, it's a very uh, interesting move because uh, you look at Ron Hextall's uh, history in Philadelphia. Right. The reason why he got fired, he was patient. He didn't want to bring up Carter Hart when they won. He didn't want to push these prospects. He didn't want to kind of push the accelerator uh, on his plan. He had a plan. He was sticking to it no matter how long it was going to take. And you look at the team now, and, and that patience is a bit is kind of playing off. I mean, Carter Hart obviously got called up pretty shortly after uh, Hexall got fired. But you look at the core of that team, those young players, and he drafted most of them. The Joel Farabees, the Travis Konechny's, the Oscar Lindbroms, Carter Hart. And those guys are, are key contributors to that team and and, and why they're, they're a playoff team. And, and Pittsburgh is... Pittsburgh in a different situation than when Philly was then. Uh, the Penguins, they still believe that their Stanley Cup window is open, no matter you know, however little you might think. But as long as you have Crosby, Malkin, and Latang kind of in their in their primes, you, you, they're going to go for it. They're going to spend as much as they can. But it's I'm curious to see with because you have two competing factions there or two competing thoughts. You have Brian Burke, who has never been shy about making a bold trade to make a winner. And Ron Hexball, Ron Hexball with that patient approach. And you have Matt, the upper manager, Mario Lemieux, Ron Burkle, David Morehouse, who, like I said, they still believe they can win the Stanley Cup. So do, do they maybe try and make a, a bowl move this season to go for one last run and then reevaluate everything in the offseason and reevaluate by, I mean, maybe making a trade with Chris Letang or, or getting Malkin or, or, or kind of carving up one of your, your veteran guys and, and send them else, elsewhere to kind of rebuild? Because you look at that prospect pool and – you look at all the prospect lists from, from the scouts, and they're always towards the bottom because they've been trading first-round picks for you know, every single year. I think they've had one or two first-round draft choices since 2013 and 2014. So their, their prospect pool is very limited. Um, and Crosby, Malkin, and Latang, those guys aren't getting any younger. So eventually you're going to have to turn the roster over and get younger and bring some new blood in. Um, and that's kind of what we just said was, was Hector's calling card in Philadelphia. Uh, I, think, I think a lot is really going to depend on this season and how they do um, and really going to determine their next steps as far as building, either building this team forward or starting a, a bit of a, a teardown or, as the GMs like to call it now, you know, a retooling. Talking with Sean Leahy from NBC Sports. Sean, let's let's switch gears here and move towards the Islanders a little bit. Obviously coming off a pretty good uh, stretch of games here, a big win over the Boston Bruins on Saturday night. Uh, quite the difference than uh, the week before or so uh, prior to their COVID-related break. What did what did you make of the Islanders' performance pre that that week long off, that week off and then post their week off there? Yeah, I know you guys were talking about it just before, and, and I, I think that break was certainly needed. Um, you, you, they had those tough overtime losses in Philly, but then you know the, the route against the, the the Caps, and obviously they lost the Devils, uh, not the Devils, uh, uh, yeah, they lost the Devils a couple mm-hmm. days before, um, and it's just that's just a team where they were looking. Just got guys weren't clicking. It, they were they weren't looking co- like a cohesive, cohesive group, and you get that week off. And this season, with the way the schedule is, teams aren't getting a lot of practice time, mm-hmm. and you get a few days off for practice. And that really helps, and it's it's almost like a reset. You go into that break, um, an unexpected break, and you just kind of flush everything, kind of break things down, and start all over again. And we saw what happened in, in that first game against Pittsburgh with the win, and obviously the, the great performance uh, a couple of nights later uh, against the rangers and it they, they certainly needed that those those few days off to kind of get their rhythm together get guys you know healthier get guys kind of in sync with one another and, and it showed they, they've they've been looking 
very dangerous. And obviously last night's game was maybe their best game of the season. And now they're facing a, a Sabres team who hasn't played in seems like a, you know, three, four weeks or whatever <laughs> right, it is. Right. Talk about practice. And, uh, yeah. And a Sabres <laughs> team that was struggling before that. And now they're, they're coming off a, a very long layoff. So it's, it's like a prime opportunity for the Islanders here to, to grab four points and, and kind of push themselves closer to where the Bruins are. What do you make of the Islanders sort of working the younger guys in, but not necessarily giving them a full push into the lineup per se. You have Bellows who had a, a few games earlier in the season pre that break. We were talking about Wallstrom's gotten a majority of the games post that break, but neither one of them have really gotten a substantial amount of time um, during during most of the season. And then you look at it and there's the Leo Komarovs and uh, the Michael Dow Coles that are getting, getting chances as well. And obviously Leo Komarov is a bit of a... Uh, uh, a lightning rod of a figure at the what moment. What do you mean? But uh, <laughs> what do you make of the decision to kind of wean some of the younger guys in there and, and continue to go with some of the more veteran players instead of just giving them that chance and just throwing them to the fire and letting them run with it? Yeah, I think it's good to give them a taste. And in some cases, they've had to with with you know Bovillia being out for the last what two three weeks. Yeah. You know, it's, the spots have opened up and got someone to need to fill that role. So you might as well see what these young kids have um, and, and they're put them into the lineup, see how they react, see how if they can be productive and, and, and find a spot for them. Because this season, as we've seen already through a month, you're, you're going to need your depth uh, up up in the front, on the back end, even in goal. Um, you, you need those extra bodies because you never know when someone's going to be out of lineup for not just an injury, but obviously finding themselves on that COVID list. And you, you don't win a Stanley Cup without good depth. You can't just be carried by your top lines. It's why the Oilers have been the Oilers for the last several years because it's just McDavid and, and yeah. Dreisaitl yeah. and, and, and uh, Nugent Hopkins to a point. But uh, if, if guys like Wallstrom, Bellows can develop, you know, they're still very young players and experienced players. If they can get that experience and turn themselves into to productive players to maybe help with that secondary scoring, that's going to go a long way to making the honors, you know, a, a, a contending team in the Eastern Conference. For sure, Sean. And you might have heard uh, earlier before you came on, we were talking about Matt Barzell. Are you seeing what we're seeing? Is this guy reaching another level? I mean, you have to remind yourself he's, what, still only 23 years old. Are we seeing this guy, you know, just developing another element to his game to become an even more dangerous player on the ice for the Islanders? Yeah, it's that goal the other night. <laughs> where he just turned out that Penguins rookie was just was just something special, and it's it's funny because you, you, it's almost like you expect that out of him because he's just so talented. Every time he gets the puck on the rush, you, you kind of look up and you, you just feel like something's going to happen. And, yeah. and certainly with his speed and his skill, um, it has. And and look, he's he, it's been pretty evident for the last several years. He's one of the offensive leaders on this team. He's going to be. You know that that that's that next big star for the for this franchise if he's not already, um, and and he's showing it. I mean, he just had that big contract. He wants to live up to it. He wants to get another big contract in, in a couple of years time and, and show show that he's worth the money. And certainly, he's been worth every single penny so far. And he, he's firing the puck um, whenever he gets the chance, and and more often than not, it's going in because the shooting percentage is off the charts this year. No doubt about it, and. You know, you talk about this break, and, and another guy who might have benefited from it, maybe not necessarily because of the lapse in games, but maybe just because where he ended up in the lineup and the fact that Beauvillier is still out. One guy whose name I don't think we've heard as much at all through his career until this week, Michael Dalcol. Oh. 
I mean, he gets in. He gets a chance on the second line. He gets to go in there with Eberle and Brock Nelson. And for me, I think he looks like a completely different player. Not so much. Look, it's not like he put up five goals this week or anything like that. But he got two assists in his first game on that line against Pittsburgh. And for me, he's just been a lot more noticeable. Are you also seeing what I'm seeing there? And do you think that this guy has a chance to maybe you know lock in himself, maybe a, a, a more firm top nine position as opposed to rotating in and out of the lineup like he has? Yeah, as we just talked about with, with these young guys getting kind of getting their shot, this has been Dal Cole's chance to show Barry Trotz that he should be a, 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 sta- a, a, a regular guy in the lineup, not just kind of subbed in and out when there, there's someone out with injury or, co- or in the COVID list. And, you know, he had to live up to the hype of, of being a, a top pick, um, and he obviously struggled with that. And certainly coming into that lineup when he did in those early years, little hard to find a spot for him on a regular basis with, with some of the players ahead of him as, as a young guy. Um, but certainly this year, this I think he sees this as his chance to kind of make some noise and, and cement his place. And so far, it's only been a few games, as you said, but he's definitely making an impression. And that's something that for a young player, for him, who he's, he's already, I think he's like 23, 24 years old, um, can certainly build some confidence in him and, and go a long way to – making this kind of uh, his regular spot in the Islanders lineup. Talking with Sean Leahy from NBC Sports. Sean, before we let you go, I I wanted to ask, you mentioned the Nassau Coliseum before, and obviously you're from Long Island. You grew up here. You still live on Long Island. And, um, you know, the Nassau Coliseum obviously holds a special place to every Long Islander in in some way or another, whether you went there for your first concert or whether you went there for your first sporting event or live sporting event, I should say. Sean, what is your memory of the Nassau Coliseum? I do remember I remember there was something kind of funny that happened to you there or you worked there when I interviewed for you for a story a few years ago about the Coliseum. Refresh my memory. There's got to be something there. Um, I'm trying to think of something Did you have a cup of coffee? <laughs> <laughs> By chance? <laughs> um. I forget, but like, I mean, yeah, I mean, I, I saw my first ever hockey in there, Penguins and Islanders, back in like 1988 or so, 89. Um, and obviously been there hundreds of times, not just for hockey, but for concerts and most recently too for, for Long Island Nets games. But it's, to me, it, it's, I, I don't want to, I don't think I'm biased in saying it. it's a great place to watch a hockey game, whether you're a fan sitting in the seats or even media up in the press box, the views there are, are unbelievable. Uh, and the fact that it's, it's the, the size of the arena, it's so loud. I remember probably the loudest I've ever heard that building probably two, two times. I was there for the, the last, the first last game uh, with John Tavares scored, I think it was an empty net goal against the Capitals in was it 2015. That was insane. And then it was one of the early goals that the Islanders scored against the Penguins in that series in 2013, the lockout season. It was just, it was like a Sunday afternoon game, and it was just it was just incredible the, the amount of noise that can come out of that building, you know, when when things are going right for the Islanders. And um, I wish, you know, they would have found a way to to kind of re remodel the arena. Obviously, this is a conversation that should have taken place 20 years ago, but we know <laughs> we know the long history of the Coliseum and and yes. that that thing that's. That's a podcast for another, you know, five months or whatever. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, but anyone who who hasn't been able to watch, go to a game there, it's said that they're probably not going to be able to see a game there, just given the, the situation yeah. we're all in. But mm-hmm. it, it, I think it even kind of comes across on TV, especially in the playoffs when when the games are really meaningful. But just the, the sound, uh, the passion, the the intensity, um, just the just the view. I, I always love watching games on TV. 
uh, from the Coliseum because just the, the unique camera view, you feel so much closer than, say, somewhere yeah. like, you know, another read around the league. But it's just a great building. Um, I'm going to miss watching hockey there. Hopefully maybe down the line they can wrangle uh, some sort of minor league hockey team to play there nice. on a regular basis. It would be awesome to go along with the honors at the, at the new rink. But um, anyone who's ever been to the Coliseum knows it's, it's a special place, and uh, especially for Long Island being you know, the, the, pro, the pro team here. Um, it's just a great place, and I'm certainly going to miss it. Sean Leahy from NBC Sports. You can read his work over at NBCSports.com. Sean, we really appreciate the time. It's been a pleasure chatting with you. And uh, hope to have you back on the show sometime soon. Absolutely, boys. Anytime. Thanks a lot, Sean. Take care. Take care. All right, ladies and gentlemen, that was the great Sean Leahy from NBC Sports. The very great Sean Leahy. The very great. Wow, yeah. look at you. I'm, look at you. If, he, if, nice. if, if, the, if the audience only knew what you were saying about him before he came on. I'm sorry. Apparently, you two were sharing, <laughs> whispering like uh, schoolgirls over there. <laughs> wow. Before we, before we had well, him on I mean, about you know, me. He so had I don't some know. things to say about you. Look, I, I, I'm sorry you couldn't hear it, but he had some things to say. But he's got a great name, and <laughs> I thought he did a great job. Well, that's half the reason why I invited him on. <laughs> Appreciate that. So let's let's focus on... That second line, that new, newly crafted second line that came out of this break by way of Anthony Bavillier still being out of the yes. lineup. Now, I like what I see so far. I already said it with Sean. I think this is, I mean, look, again, it's not like the guy scored four goals or anything like that. But if, if you want to call it a coming out party, I, I think on a very reserved scale it is yeah. for him. Because he's kind of just been... You know, when he's been in the lineup, he's been solid, right? Going back to what last year, whatnot, mm-hmm. he's been solid. He's he was. I think you even said it on a past show where he wasn't noticeable, which from a defensive standpoint is a positive. That right. means he's doing he's doing his job. But I think this is the first time we're really seeing him noticeable, where he's he's really in the mix. He's really making plays. I mean, aside from the fact that his his name literally gets on the scoreboard for the two assists that he had. Right, right, right. But he's generating plays. And this is kind of the hope that I was having for him once I saw this experiment was being started by Barry Trotz was, hey, maybe this guy can be more of the the grinded out sort of guy, the dirty work guy for Nelson and Eberle. Eberle's a skill, skill guy. We're right. seeing him carry the puck more because he's not with Barzell. And now he's getting himself some more goals up there. And, you know, Brock Nelson, as we talked about, he needs to get his game going too. So I say run with this line for a little bit. I like what I've seen out of it. Again, obviously a very short sample size here. But I like what I've seen out of him. I think that he's, he's doing a lot of noticeable work here. And, and again, if, if he can create space and room with that big body that he has, because mm-hmm. another thing is, too, he's crashing the net. He's yeah. going to the net. He's yeah. using his frame. He's, he's not being a perimeter player that he might have been previously. And, look, if he wants to stick on this lineup, whether he stays in the top six or not, this is the sort of thing he's, he's got to do if he's not going to be scoring the sort of goals that he was in juniors. So with that mouthful, mouthful Christian, <laughs> what do you think? I think you hit it on the, the nail on the head there. Damn right. Oh, okay. Well, now I take it back. <laughs> All right, fine. Here's my take on it. It's totally different than Sean's, but no. No, go ahead. Uh, it, it certainly makes the discussion about what happens with Anthony Beauvillier once he comes back much, much about more difficult because mm-hmm. it all ties together. All right. Yes. So Del Cole is playing really well on that on that second line with, with um, Eberle and, and Nelson. Does that change how he plays if he gets moved down, let's say, to a third line? He's not getting moved down to the fourth line. All right, and if you don't, if you want to keep Dal Cole there on that second line, where does Bo, Bo fit? Do you put him on the third line with Pajot and uh, Wallstrom, or 
you know, whoever. Maybe you bump him up to the first line. I don't know. Do you bump? But then there's the conversation. I have an opinion. I'm do waiting you, for you to finish. Do you bump uh, Beauvillier up to the first line and maybe knock a Josh Bailey, who hasn't produced a whole lot from the, on the first line down to a third line slot, and maybe let him earn that spot all the way back up to the first or second line? Well, here's where I start. Okay. All right. Once Bavillier comes back, and do we know if he's coming back tomorrow? We don't. It's day to day. We're <laughs> all right. But he was close. He's getting closer. Yeah, he's and he's skating. skating with the team yeah. now. He skated for the first time on Friday with the Islanders, but but um, Barry Trotz immediately ruled him out for Saturday's game. After that, though, okay. So, so look, the top line as far as Matt Barzell and Anders Lee go, they're still doing their thing. Mm-hmm. They're putting points up to scoring goals. Bailey is on another planet right now. We'll talk about him a little bit more in a little bit, but he's still got to get going. We'll worry about Bailey in a second. Second line, just said a lot of nice things about that. Yeah. Want to keep that intact. Okay. I say when Beauvillier comes back, you latch him right next to JGP. Put those two guys together. Put Beauvillier on the third line. Yes. You put See, him on I, the left I, I wing disagree. with Pajot. Well, let me finish. Okay. <laughs> put him on the third line with Pajot. And sure, start it there with Wallstrom on the right side. Mm-hmm. Now, mm-hmm. whether or not that's going to happen, we, we know Barry likes Leo Komarov, and he kind of <laughs> doubled down on that. Right. Right? What was that today or yesterday? Yesterday. Yesterday. So that might still be a thing. But look, whether it's Wallstrom, whether it's Komarov, whether Bellows gets back in there, I want to see Bovillier next to JGP because Bovillier's got to get going, and Peugeot is going now. So let's see if we can get those two guys together. Obviously, Bavillier has a little more offensive prowess mm-hmm. compared to a lot of the other guys that Pajot has been getting. Because if you if you continue to get production out of those top two lines, then all of a sudden you're looking at three lines deep here with potential for scoring if, if, if Pajot can get Bavillier going. So that's my two cents there. You disagree. Let's hear what you got to say. I said, no, I was going to say something crazy, but I, I stopped. I like crazy. Let's go. No, but I, I, I disagree uh. in the sense that I would put... Beauvillier on the top line with Barzal and Lee and move Josh Bailey down to the third line. Like I was saying there before. It's a little, okay. it's, you keep that second line intact because I do, I do agree with you. I do mm-hmm. like what they're doing. There's a lot of chemistry there. And I think that it's been mutually beneficial for both Jordan Eberly and Michael Dow Colt because you really started both. I mean, Eberly start, Eberly started pretty hot in fairness. For and he's still season, going yeah. and he's still going, yeah. but I think it only got more noticeable, much better when you put Dal Cole on, on that line, because Dal Cole is definitely a playmaker out there. And like to your point before, he definitely knows how to go out there and play gritty hockey and, and go to the dirty areas and do the things that necessarily an Eberle Yeah, you look at Nelson some of the passes that he made on those goals. I mean, they were they were kind of in the mix, in close. I mean, he, he's basically, again, using his body to, to create these chances right. and create these opportunities. And it's, and it's leaving the other guys more space. Exactly. And so I think that's why it benefits the other two guys on that line, because then... You give them a little more room to work. You allow them to be the playmakers and the skilled guys that are uh, not the playmakers, but the skilled guys that right. they are. And Dow Cole can kind of play that role of playmaker. He sets things up. Um, you know, he's the more physical one than a, on that line and kind of does the dirty work, if you will. And if he keeps crashing the net, he's going to get his goals. Exactly. And then you give uh, Barzal and Beauville, who had good chemistry in years past when the Islanders have put them on the same line together, an opportunity to reconnect. Barzal obviously firing all cylinders right yeah. now uh, with an eight-game point streak. And so you got to give Beauvillier, who had also been a little bit not where you wanted him to be before he got injured, now you give him a guy next to him that's really going to set him up and, and give him the opportunity to be successful. And you give him that chance to be successful along with Anders Lee. And then Josh Bailey is that, that guy that you can move around. He's a veteran presence. And when you're thinking about the development for like an Oliver Wallstrom or Kiefer Bellows, if those mm-hmm. are the two guys you're kind of switching in and out of the lineup. Josh Bailey has been in the league for 13 years. 
I mean, he's he's done he's it all. Around. He's played. Yeah. He's probably played every position in the Islanders lineup except for <laughs> defenseman and goaltender at this point. Right. So he's a guy that you could also kind of learn things from and also help with the development. Even if he's not necessarily producing as much right now, Josh Bailey still does a lot of. I know people hate when on coaches and media and, and other players say this, but he does a lot of intangible things. He does sort of what. Leo Komarov has brought to the Islanders lineup that Barry Trotz noted <laughs> on Saturday night after the win and, and uh, a very good performance for Leo Komarov. You can't take it away from him. Um, I know I know that worried a lot of people in the chat that that's basically, that's basically <laughs> his way of kind of forcing himself never to come out of the lineup through that one good game. But I don't know. I think Barry Trotz has been pretty amenable to making decisions that take some of the veteran guys out and put some of the younger guys in when it makes sense. And I think mm-hmm. it's also an organizational standpoint as well. One thing that was noticeable during the conference call today that um, Lou Lamarola had with the reporters that was kind of based around his 1300th uh, NHL career victory as an, uh, an, you know, an NHL general manager. But one of the things that was asked about was, you know, kind of his decision-making and, and, you know, getting younger guys into the lineup and, and keeping veterans in the lineup. And one thing he said that was, was interesting, he's always felt that younger players are always rushed into the NHL and that they, they should be playing a couple of years in the AHL before making that jump up to the NHL. So yeah. I, I think you put that in context with what the Islanders have been doing with Kiefer Bellows and Oliver Wallstrom, and I guess it kind of lines up with that thinking from an organizational standpoint. Now, mm-hmm. Bellows and Wallstrom have gotten those opportunities in the lineup. It's not to say that they're not. Mm-hmm. I just think fans and, and you know, media members, myself included, think that at this point in the game, it's worth giving them that full shot instead of kind of just teetering between having them in and out of the lineup. Right, and and we have given credit to the coaching staff, to Barry, that he has been leaning more towards giving these guys more trust. And funny funny enough, what, not only, not what one, two shows ago, I was saying, oh, yeah, Bellows is going to be the guy mm-hmm. that gets paired up with Pajot. Obviously, and then immediately. I was completely wrong he about that. from the line. <laughs> right, right. So there, there you have it. So there you go with me and predictions, right? But, but the good thing is, is that Wallstrom ended up being the guy after that. So yeah. at least... They're giving them both a chance. Now, they're again, they're kind of doing this rotation thing and seeing who fits and seeing who's going to stick. So, to start, I don't have a problem making that change with, with Bavillier up top and bringing Bailey down to the third line. Fine. I don't mind seeing that eventually. Right. I just feel like when he comes back, starting with Pajot, see, see if that can get them, you know, get him going at the very... Because the funny thing is, the three guys that really need to still get going here with this season is the original second line. Nelson... Bailey and Bavillier. Right. <laughs> Those are the three guys that just aren't getting it done right now from an offensive standpoint. Right. So, again, hopefully, you know, this Everly production with Dal Cole and Nelson now, that'll get Nelson going a little bit more. We're seeing it a little bit now. Yeah. And, you know, again, hopefully, hopefully when, when Bavillier comes back, he, he, he gets a different look with Pajot and, or, or, Lee and Borzell, but he gets a different look and hopefully that can get him going too. Now, again, I don't care. Whether it's whether it's Bo up top or whether it's Bailey up top, right. just whatever works, right? Mm-hmm. Um, my first thinking is just having having Bo with with Pajot the first time. Maybe it's the French Canadian connection. I don't know, but perhaps <laughs> perhaps be. that's the magic. But magic but at this sauce. but at this point, uh, the good thing is you're seeing those top two lines are being a little more productive now. You're seeing Pajot finally taking charge of the third line a little bit, where he's getting some production. And again, credit to credit to Wallstrom, credit to Komarov. Wallstrom looked good last night. Wallstrom's looking better. Uh, so what, wherever these guys end up, you know, falling, and you know whether we still have some guys rotating in and out. Right. The good thing is it's starting to trickle out a little bit amongst the lines, and hopefully the guys that are that still got to pick it up finally do. I I don't know what we do with Josh Bailey. 
I don't know. <laughs> no, just because. Look, he can't get. It, he couldn't get it done. Uh, you know, to start with that original second line. He, he he's he's still not very noticeable with Barzell and Lee. Mm-hmm. I mean, at least from an offensive standpoint. I mean, look again. You, you said that he's doing other things, and, and that's fine. He he he's always going to. He's he's usually a decent player on the other side of the puck. Not always, but decent. Still, still, probably is frustrating everybody out there with his failed clearing <laughs> attempts and whatnot. That's just been a thing of his, and an Islander thing for 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 all intents and purposes. But look, Bailey has had up until the start of this season. I haven't had a bad thing to say about him for a long time. Yeah, no, I that's thought fair. he had been playing well for a very but, but good stretch. I, I think the for the most part. I, I mean, there are always people that are just criticizing Josh Bailey because they don't like him. But I think for the most part, <laughs> there it, it's burned into to some people. Yes. I think that the criticism this season has been warranted. It's not. It's coming from a place yeah. that's not necessarily. Oh, we we moved up uh, all the way to get Josh Bailey. I hate this guy because he's not scoring a hundred points. Well, first of all, you're an idiot. Second of all, oh, it's just not his style. The fire and this <laughs> season, that bombasticness we were looking this for. This season, he <laughs> is warranted of those criticisms because he's making dangerous mistakes that are costing the Islanders. Um, and that's where I think those these criticisms are now coming from. They're not coming from the the place where it, it's just this constant hate for the guy because you don't think he lived up to the fact that he was drafted there, not necessarily that's where he should have been drafted. So I think it's been a fair fair set of criticisms. I think Josh Bailey understands that at this point in his career, and this point, yeah. his, his game needs to be better in those situations. He can't be making those mistakes. Yeah, and for him, like, over the course of time, whenever he struggled, I always felt like it's just been a mental thing with him. Like, for, for whatever reason, there's just something going on in that noggin of his, and things just aren't working out. And I guess he's just fallen into one of those pits again, for lack of better words. But I think at the end of the day, he's going to get it going again. And the good thing is there's more than just Barzell and Lee right. getting things done now. Right. This is what we were waiting for. This was the issue during that five-game losing streak and perhaps prior where you really only had a couple of guys that were pulling the rope. You have more now, and you're usually not going to get all 12 forwards doing it. But they're getting a nice majority out of it now. The fourth line, we'll talk about them next. The fact that you're getting production now out of more than just your top two guys. Yeah, and that's that was a big criticism, was even from, jo- uh, from Josh Bailey, from Barry Trotz. <laughs> you never know. <laughs> <laughs> that uh, on most nights it really was one line, or at best two lines going for yeah. the owners. Now it's four lines really going and generating those those type of opportunities that the Islanders need, whether it's the physical play in their defensive end, creating opportunities the other way, or whether it's the skilled guys going out there and making something interesting happen like you've seen the Islanders do the last couple games, including even even Casey Zizekas' goal the other night against the Pittsburgh Penguins and then my, Matt uh, Barzal's goal against the he Pittsburgh like, Penguins. He was like, hold my beer. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he was like, I ain't letting you have all the, all the thunder here. But Although yeah, I still would say Casey Zizekas' goal was probably... Oh, Skill-wise, much more impressive than the one that Bailey had, uh, yeah. that um, Barzell had. You can have an argument either way, yeah. but the funny thing is, I mean, you see that goal, and you're like, well, that's the goal of the night. Yeah. And then Barzell's like, well, hold on a second. Yeah. I have something to say <laughs> about that, right? And unfortunately, it still ended up in a losing right. effort. I mean, again, that's the one blemish this week where they just couldn't close it out. And, and I thought, for the most part, they played a good game that night, and it really just came down to... You know, that, that last sequence, right? The, the goalies pulled. They had an opportunity where they're coming out of the zone. All they had to do is get the puck deep, fumble it a little bit, and look, what are you going to do? Malkin takes a shot from what? A little inside the blue line. Varlamov screened. He can't see right. a thing, and it goes in the net. And the shootout was less than stellar. Um, <laughs> Speaking of Josh Bailey. Yeah, well, not just him, though. I, I know, mean, no, I you got to give a little little criticism to Eberle and Barzell, too. I mean, look. 
They there was not one. Th- there was not one shootout chance where I was like, "Oh, that's going in the back of the net." They, but what's strange to me is after the first or second time, you had all three guys take the same path, slow path down the left wing. No, no. I always say on a shootout, skate speed. I don't like the slow stuff. And you know who used to drive me wild with that, JT? When he used to oh, come in yes, and do right. 8,000 you know, stick, deep, stick deeks before he took a shot. And, and more times than not, it didn't go in the I was going to say, it worked about once every 29 times. And he kept going back to it. Yeah, I, I feel like you got to fly in there. Whether you're going for a deke you or whether you're going Franz for a Nielsen shot. You need kind of approach. Well, I mean, that guy just had it down to a science. He was the shootout. You know what's coming. He was the you know what's master. coming. And, and he, he still just, scored. Every single time. Well, 99%. Yeah, that's still but, a but look, good shooting I, percentage. You know, you know how I feel about the shootouts. You love it's, it. It's, yeah, love it. I mean, look, it's, it's going to be hit or miss most times. But when you're there, you've got to strategize. You've got to try to make sure you, you get that second point. Yeah. And I, I wasn't a fan of how they went about that. But still, decent game. Shame they gave up that last goal with 18 seconds to go. All in all, a much better week for Islander country. And hopefully this is the start of some momentum here. Yeah. Going into this next week, with you got the back-to-back games against Buffalo in Buffalo, then you got two games with in Pittsburgh after that, right? They see Pittsburgh two more times yes. next week. Yeah, yeah. So Thursday and then Saturday. Yeah. Now, hopefully, mistaken. they they don't let this high of a huge win over the Boston Bruins, you know, make them forget who they're playing in Buffalo. You know, you play down to your competition. Right. Hopefully, they're still ready for the Sabers tomorrow yeah. and Tuesday. You know, so that'll be interesting, especially with them coming off uh, such a break. Hopefully, they um they they capitalize on that, and I believe. I saw. I don't. I don't know if this is up to date, but I believe Taylor Hall was on the protocol list. Is he still there? No, he may no, not he's pl- off. I believe he came off. Oh, so he's gonna he's gonna be available yeah, tomorrow. I believe he'll be available. Um, okay. Seems like everything's trending in the right direction for the Buffalo Sabers to be healthy and, and ready to go. So that's a positive sign. Uh, obviously, just from a you know being a good person standpoint, you don't want to see those guys get sick or anything like that. So it seems like everyone's getting into gear and coming back, and things are moving in the right direction. That's good. That's good to hear. And I guess last guy I want to talk about, I, I mentioned him before, but maybe if the, if you have two cents to throw in there, is Oliver Wallstrom. What are you seeing out of him since he's kind of come in on that yeah, third line? Yeah, I, I, I like what we've seen from Wallstrom. I think he's he's meshing well with uh, with Pajot and, and Komarov for however long that line stays together. <laughs> right. Um, I hope forever, honestly. <laughs> Well, look, Barry likes to stick with what he's got after a win, so uh, don't be surprised if you see Leo, Pajot, and and, know, and Wallstrom. Uh, we'll, we'll see. Yeah. Um, obviously, I'm, I have no... Penning Bavillier yeah, as well. I'm, I'm joking on that, but, but know you know, you know I, I just want to make sure. I want to make sure. <laughs> I don't feel like a million tweets being like, what the hell, man? But um, I get it. I get it, guys. Um, no, I think he's fit well. I think he's learned from, from Pajot and Komarov and... Um, I, I think that's translated to a lot of chemistry and a lot of good things. Obviously, there's going to be little growing pains and little mistakes that are going to happen, and we've seen that here and there. But for the most part, I think that you're seeing him get more and more opportunities and more time, and that's a testament to the fact that Barry Trotz is is showing more trust in, in the way that Wallstrom plays. So, uh, yeah, that's, that's really it. I think that there's nothing too too big or small to harp on in this game right now. He's he's doing a lot of the right things that you want to see, especially from a, a player as highly touted as he is. So that's it's a good thing for the Islanders and their organization. I agree. I think he's a guy who earns uh, who's earning himself a, a longer look. So yeah. hopefully we'll see. Hundred percent. And it's on Barry to juggle when it's time to bring him out and give Bellows another chance. I right. Mean, we'll see. And I just happened to to spy a, a comment in the chat. 
Uh, I would like to see Sorokin tomorrow from T Boyle thirteen. You got to figure he's going to get one of these two games. Well, Barry right? even said back as back, much. So. Barry said that that there's a good chance that Elias Sorokin will get one of these two games, whether it's tomorrow night or it's Tuesday night when the Islanders play the Sabers. Uh, we shall see. But certainly, a lot of the conversation as well. Something we actually talked about last week on the show was the fact or the idea of uh, Elias Sorokin potentially seeing. Time in the AHL. Which I said wouldn't happen, which right. now it looks like it's going to, well, of course. Uh, well, I don't want to say it looks like it's ha- going to no, no, happen, no. but there's been uh, – the Islanders didn't rule it out. Let's put it that way. Right. It didn't seem like that's their top priority now to put him down in the AHL because yeah. they, they think he should be there. But like a lot of things, the Islanders are saying, let's give it time. Let's right. see what but, the circumstances of what their schedule is like. And, but since I said he won't be, he'll be there within a week or two. <laughs> That's, I mean that's that's how it's going to go. That's very true. That's yeah. very true. Um, I guess the positive you could say, or yeah, one thing you could note with that scenario is that the Islanders don't play games on Wednesdays, right? So they do play game. The only the teams that do play games on Wednesdays uh, in in their organization are the Bridgeport Sound Tigers. They play uh, all of their games this season are one o'clock afternoon games. So oh, okay. even if let's Did say the that. Islanders wanted to get him a couple starts there, you send him down to Bridgeport. He plays an afternoon game in Bridgeport. And they send him back up to the NHL. Uh, certainly feasible, as far as I understand, the way things can can kind of go about this year. But um, look, I I still don't think it's it's likely right now. Come back to us in maybe another month. I think if if things are still trending maybe the way they are, I think he's been trending in the right direction though. Yes, you look at the way he's hundred percent. The team in front of him's got to right. get him some goals, right? Or and more goals anyway. In the Philadelphia performance, I think was a great example of how far he's come along in his yeah. game. He gave them every opportunity to win. It's the guys in front of them that I, I would say that really let him down as far as getting that win. Agreed. And so I don't necessarily know if that's if it's dire to put him in. Bridgeport at the moment or the age? No, I don't think so. So, but I don't think that's, so. that's no kind of there. the update there, and, and there's yeah. a good chance that we see. Him Honestly, I'm not. Days. I'm not sure how much they trust Schneider as a as a backup right now. Well, we Honestly. say <laughs> what do we say? We are over under on how many on three stars? <laughs> right. so I said that might zero. get blown out of the water yeah, too. Yeah. Well. That's what happens when you're we'll so see. cavalier with your comments. Well, look, oh this... no, no, I meant me. I meant me. I'm well, me. collectively, I'm very cavalier with that. Comment. Indeed. So, you ready for the hero, buddy? Yes. Under the hero. Let's do the hero. Let's do the hero of the week. So here we go. We're going to switch screens now. I'm going to press some buttons. Ladies and gentlemen, when you hear this song, when you see this screen, that means it is time for the Hero of the Week, brought to you by the Blue Line Deli and Bagels Half Price Hero, which this week is Orlando's Breakfast Bite from 94.3 The Shark. Little breakfast little sandwich here. Three scrambled eggs, roast <laughs> beef, bacon, fresh mozzarella on a hero. Get it half price all week starting tomorrow. That is Monday through Sunday, where we will announce a brand new half-off hero. Stop in and mention Hockey Night in New York for half-off Orlando's Breakfast Bite from 94.3 The Shark. Yeah, I believe Donnie goes on The Shark every now and then to, to talk hockey and to talk Blue Line Deli and Bagel. So he's got a nice relationship with those guys. And it looks like they earned themselves a little sandwich. Yes, this was an announcement I believe that they made a few, a few weeks back, maybe a month or so back. Uh, there's two shark-related sandwiches. Is this that is right? One of them. And then there's another one. Oh, which... so maybe we do need to talk to Donnie about another one. Yeah. <laughs> well, I think each We're host well, one each, is fine. Each host got uh, ah, I think got their own individual. And Orlando sandwich. got the uh, got the bite, the breakfast bite. Yes. Well, the sandwich you just read. Yes. Yeah, that one. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So the last two weeks we kind of just it was unanimous, right? We had to get creative. What? Unanimous. There you go. Sorry, my pronunciation was off. I apologize. Your what? Pronunciation. Yeah. Okay. Glad you can say that. Right. So I'm going to let you go first. I'm going to let you go first here. Well, my hero of the week, I think, is someone that uh, we can all kind of agree on as well. 
Oh, I don't know how to push the button. Just push oh, the I'll button. do it. Okay. You um, give us your give us your you know preface here. Go ahead. He's a young man. He's 23 years old. <laughs> he's uh, very popular with the ladies, from what I understand as well. <laughs> Which is so important. <laughs> yeah. So oh, going. well, you're doing also great. the guy's on an eight-game point streak. He's been one of the best players on the Islanders offensively and uh, had the game winner on Saturday night against the Boston Bruins, who decided to skip drafting him not once, not twice, but three times, which is Number why three. he once put again. the goal, the Islanders' third goal in the third period into the back of the net why? for the win. That's Matthew Barzell. What's, what's with the... I don't know. What's with the number three and the and the pointing it out the at the at the viewers? It's there? Fun. Oh, you're having a good time yeah. doing that. Yeah. You want to hit the button? Or? Oh, there he is. There he is. Matt Barzell. Yeah. Christian's hero. Okay, my turn. So I didn't go with Matt Barzell, although well said, worthy candidate. We'll, we'll figure <laughs> For out all different reasons. Apparently, right. We'll we'll definitely factor in how popular he is with the ladies. We'll we'll see how my hero ranks as far as that goes, and and then obviously we'll have a, a big winner tomorrow. But my hero of the week, I will say though, and I'm sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. Oh no, but, go ahead. But anytime, sometimes like if you follow me on Instagram or, or social media or whatever, I'll clip Don't like something. It. I'll clip something if during these Zoom calls that I ask Matt Barzal or one of the other players. Yeah, uh, especially if I make a fool out of myself because it's funny, which is and, common. Yeah, it's very common. So it's funny. Everyone gets a kick out of it, and it's right. uh, it's good content. Absolutely. And uh, every time it's one with Matthew Barzal in it, I have about uh, a number of people's number of friends, number of people who are females who mm. DM me and like. He's so cute. Or what's the deal with him? And I'm like, all right, let's... <laughs> what's the deal with that guy? Yeah. Maybe they sent him some Valentine's Day cards today. <laughs> hey, look, I mean, the guy's a handsome dude. He he's is. a good-looking guy. He is. Yeah, he's, he's the star player on the team. I get it. It makes yeah. sense. It makes sense. Very true. But I'm sorry. I oh, yeah, now that we're done with that, that trivial stuff, let's bring it to my hero. <laughs> all right. right. And this guy had two goals against the Pittsburgh Penguins at the beginning of the week. And he had another pair of goals later on in the week. The guy's putting up goals. Leo Komarov? No, oh. not Leo Komarov. Although, missed a great chance there. Look, there was actually a lot of good candidates this week. Uh, I was I was going back and forth between a couple of guys, and I ultimately landed on Jordan Eberle. Nope, that's oh, I'm looking at the wrong screen. Jordan Eberle, very nice. You recognize him? Yes. Plays for the Islanders. <laughs> <laughs> so, folks, my hero of the week is Jordan Eberle. Although I will, I will. I was looking at my screen. It's still showing the sandwich. I'm a couple seconds behind you. Right? Yeah. Yeah. You know, I forgot. A little bit. So and more waste than one apparently. Jordan Everly, Matt Barzell, <laughs> your your nominees for Hero of the Week. You'll find out who the ultimate hero is tomorrow. We'll deliberate after the show to figure out who gets the official shot. And again, there were some decent candidates here. You yeah. had Leo you Komarov. Had, <laughs> Leo Komarov, <laughs> sure. Honor, honorable mention. JG Pajot. Even Leo Komarov. Michael Dalcole. Leo Komarov. <laughs> <laughs> so there you have it, folks. Your Blue Line Deli and Bagel Hero of the Week. Remember, you can get Orlando's Breakfast Bite, the half-price Hero of the Week of the 94.3 Shark, three scrambled eggs, roast beef, bacon, fresh, fresh mozzarella on a Hero starting tomorrow <laughs> through next Sunday. So there you go, Hero of the Week. Let's bring it back. Why, why are you laughing so much? I think we're just, it, it's, it's, we're both, uh, we're just having some delusional. I don't know what's we're going delusional? on. Delusional? Right yeah, we're probably yeah. delusional. But I, I think two solid picks, and we'll figure out who the yeah. main guy is, and, and now let's, let's bring it back here. Well, maybe we're laughing because, um, you said Leo Komarov 18 times. Well, I think that's why I was laughing. That, tr- that's true. That's yeah. fair. That's one of the yeah. many reasons. You're really, you're really, you know, digging into the fans there, to the listeners there. I, I would never do any right. such thing. Right. Right. At all. Right. Okay. So you were going to say? <laughs> maybe I was going to say maybe maybe it was that. Or maybe perhaps it was the fact that we got such a, uh, I want to say, unusual response to last week's show. If oh, you will. yeah. We did, actually. And we um, did. 
I, I don't know how to describe this this okay. uh, response. Maybe well, we want to just set. It, we'll set it up. All we right, have to so remind people what we were talking about. I forget what we're talking about half the time. But uh, apparently, apparently, someone had asked. Right, someone had asked us about the uh, idea of uh, Alex Ander Ovechkin potentially being a free agent and the Islanders going after him. And I think I think allegedly both of us said. Not he wouldn't be high up on the Islanders. I'll list. I'll take it here. I was the guy who said he wouldn't be at the top of my list. I agreed with you though. I, I mean, I think the more the bigger context of that that comment though was not just because not just like oh we don't think Alexander Ovechkin is going to be good, but he's also going to be really expensive. Even if he is going to be in his in you know mid yeah and at that point. yeah I mean you have to take all that into consideration. But that being said, we had a very passionate response. From yes. a view of the show. So we're going to play a portion of that for you guys right now, and then we'll respond to it, right? Yeah. So here he is. It's very WWE. <laughs> I like that. Here he is, Matty, with his, his passionate response to our, to our call on, on Alex Ovechkin last week. Guys, let me get this straight. You don't think Ovi would be the top of the list? You don't think he'd be the top of the UFA list? No. <laughs> Think about for a second the ticket (laughs) inventory moving power of a multi-season chasing down of Wayne Gretzky's goal-scoring record. Just think about that. The ticket inventory moving power of that. And now you're going to suggest that Ovi wouldn't be the top of the list? I love you guys. Thank you. Love you too. You shot to the top. Of the list in terms of my of podcast that I enjoy. <laughs> Thank and I you. love this new Twitch feature. Appreciate that. But you don't think Ovi would be the top of the food chain? Remember Steinbrenner when they built the new Yankee Stadium? What did he do? <laughs> he went out and he signed Alex Rodriguez. He did you can that. criticize that in hindsight all you want. Doesn't matter. But to me. they ended up <laughs> blowing their previous attendance records out of the water. Okay. This is a great fan base. But it's relatively small. True. true. And the growth potential is tremendous. Also true. We're moving into a larger arena than we've ever been in. Also And we have a man, an immortal hockey player, who's poised to chase down the great one, Wayne Gretzky. Who are you putting above him on the list? Thomas Tatar? (laughs) What, What are we talking about here, guys? Come back to me, please. Jesus. Maddie. I mean, if he said Thomas Hickey, I would be the hun- I would have said one hundred percent. We're chasing Thomas Hickey right to the top, <laughs> top of the list. Well, he's already in uh, within the franchise, so I don't think that really that well, really still, makes top sense. To, top of my list. Okay, so once Matt, Leo Komarov, Thomas Hickey, love love the video response, love the passion, and you make some fair points. You do. You make some good points. Ones that I disagree wholeheartedly with. By the way, however, however, you are you are looking at this very I won't say purely, but very heavily from a gate. Perspective, business, business perspective from a ticket pushing perspective which i appreciate which makes sense you want to make sure fans are in the seats especially for the new arena from from a business standpoint makes a lot of sense get an uh, an immortal as you say into into an eye on the uniform ready to ready to walk into that brand new arena and sell some tickets i get it i appreciate that i do but he is not at the top of the list for me because the guy is what 35 years old and and that's not to say he doesn't still have it. The guy, what he put again, he put up forty goals last week, last week, last year. He did it last year, not week. <laughs> he could have done it last week. He might have. He might have. Yeah, and that's not to say he will not. He would not contribute to this team if they were to sign him. And I will also say I would not be opposed 
if they signed him right. and brought him in. That wasn't the crux of our, our Correct. assessment of that. I just think from a hockey standpoint, from a franchise standpoint, from the average age of this team already standpoint, they might want to invest their cash if they can make room for him into a guy who's maybe in his mid twenties or late twenties. And a guy who and that guy may not be available. During this summer. And then maybe Ovi moves towards the top of the list. Also, that's assuming Alexander Ovechkin becomes a free agent. Or even wants to come here. He right. does love Barry Trotz. He does. I think my my <laughs> uh, points of contention not only were, were those, but from his from Maddie's uh, point of view, as far as the, the gate-drivenness of this whole conversation, I think that you're talking about, you're comparing two very different organizations. Would you say apples nope. to the potato? Nope. I'm not going to go there. <laughs> Not yeah, nice go job. There. Okay. All right, keep going. You're comparing two very different organizations, especially <laughs> under George Steinbrenner and under uh, John Ledecky. Uh, as 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 much as uh, you know, the Islanders and, and Yankees can kind of, sort of, I guess, compete for the dynast, dy, dynast, dynastiness of that. I, I was trying to come up with a real word. You, you know, you were giving me a hard time earlier about my know, pronunciation, was, right? Yeah. But as far as dynasty goes, the Yankees are, are the top of the food chain in the city and and most sports. Absolutely. Um, the Islanders should, are in the conversation as far as teams in this area because, you know, they're outside of the Yankees. They're one of the few dynasties in this area. But when it comes to the, the business model, I guess you could say, I've never gotten the sense that John Ledecky is, is sending down an edict or saying, all right, we need to get Alexander Ovechkin because we need to push ticket sales. Um, as far as my understanding goes, as far as my, you know, limited interactions with, with, with John Ledecky and uh, conversations with him, He's letting the hockey people do hockey-related things. So Lou Lamorello, Chris Lamorello, Barry Trotz, hockey operations is handling those situations. Yeah. And then when you go to that point, Lou Lamorello, as he's a very business-savvy guy, and he worked for the Yankees, and he worked for the conglomerate right. that, right. that ran the yeah. Nets and the New York Yankees and um, Yes Network. He's also not going to put gate-driven, gate, gate, uh, gate numbers, ticket sales, things like that, ahead of the best solution to help the team on the ice. Because at the end of the day, if the team's winning on the ice, people are still going to show up, even if Alexander Ovechkin is or isn't in a New York Islanders uniform. And I think that's where I kind of had a sticking point with with that argument as well. Again, I love it. I love it. I want to see more of it. Please, I welcome it. Let's see some more video responses. Let's yeah, see some- I do like that. That was yeah. great. Uh, great stuff, Maddie. Hope hope our answer was satisfactory. We can obviously continue this conversation if you'd like. But that's where we stand. I'm sticking to it. And we'll see uh, where the where the list ends up when the summer comes yeah. around. Yeah, we'll uh, see what happens. The, and at the end of the day, we don't make that list either. We, we simply <laughs> we just we comment have on it. To do it. It's true, and apparently poorly. Yes. So. Well, neither one of us can <laughs> apparently frame a, a complete sentence without stumbling over our own words. We're, we're having a rough time. We're having a rough time. So, we ready to give away a T-shirt? I am. You are. I'm ready. So I'm ready too. Let's do it. All right. So this is how we're going to do it. Well, we okay. already did the the random drawing, but. We have, a, we have our prize winner all ready to go, so if you happen to be watching or listening right now, we will reach out to you via message, and we will let you know, and we'll get your information, and we will send you the, sh- the shirt of your choice. So, uh, drum roll, please. The big winner of the Fanatics player, Islanders player T of your choice is tw- Twitch handle Kathy Riz 2 That's K-A-T-H-Y-R-I-Z-Z. Zero two. Congratulations. 
Thank you so much for entering. Thanks to everybody for following us on Twitch. And please encourage all your friends, family, relatives, acquaintances, and coworkers to do the same. Yes. Spread the word about us here at Hockey Night in New York. So once yes, again, please. Kathy, we will reach out. We will get your information. And we will send you a wonderful Islanders player tee. I bet you it's Matthew Barzal. That's funny. What? Because because the winner's name is Kathy. Because it's a female. No, I just think everyone's riding hey, the Barzal train. Hey, I it's wouldn't a blame safe them. Bet. I want to see like maybe a uh, maybe like a, a well. JJ Pajot is pretty hot now too, as far as t-shirts go and jerseys <laughs> go. <laughs> but maybe like an Adam Pellick. You don't see a lot of those. You know, I'd like to see a Pellick maybe. Leo Komarov. A Mayfield. Leo Komarov. Or Leo Komarov. I mean, it's an option. You can pick whoever you want. You can pick Zarnik if you want. You can pick whoever you want. want. But your choice. We'll, 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 we'll send it to you. So there you go. Congratulations. And we'll be doing more giveaways like that as, as, uh, as the train rolls on here at Hockey Night New York. So, you know, make sure you keep it here. Win prizes. Wonderful Islander swag. Hockey Night New York swag. And, and some... Okay chat about the Islanders as Decent well. chat. Yeah. Decent chat. Yeah. We do, a, we do a serviceable job. Yeah. So you got anything else for me here, Christian? Or are we, are we good to, to wrap this thing up well, as we do? I'm ready to leave after you just said it like that. So. Oh, I'm sorry. I didn't know that that was going to upset you. It's just, ugh. Okay. So then I guess we're, we're good to yeah, go. I'm, re- I'm ready to just So I'm going to hit you. this button. Yeah, please do. That's the music. So, folks, as always, want to thank you so much for tuning in to Hockey Night in New York. Remember, you can tune in live or for the archives at HockeyNightNY.com for the audio. You can obviously tune in here at Twitch.tv slash HockeyNightNY for the video. If you miss it live, it's always archived as well, 24-7, 365. want to send a huge thanks out to Sean Leahy of NBC Sports for hanging with us here at Hockey Night in New York. And, of course, thank our wonderful sponsors, starting with Blue Line Deli and Bagels, located at 719 West Jericho Turnpike in Huntington. Make sure you head over for great food, great service, and fantastic people. Check out the menu at BlueLineDeli.com for their great selections and hockey-themed hero heroes. And also a big thanks to Thai Technology, a voice-over IP company providing phone services for businesses across the country. Check them out at TyTechnology.com for all your telecom needs, or give them a call at 516-856-7800, and that can get you three free months of service. Give them a call. As always, big thanks, big thanks to you guys here. Yes. And remember, you can always follow us on social media at Hockey Night NY. Follow Christian at C underscore Arnold zero one. I didn't even have to look at my notes. Finally, I can. Just, I finally have it memorized. <laughs> uh, follow myself at Shawnee Hockey. Tell your friends. Spread the word. We'll be back next week. Next Did you Sunday. Give the show social handles. Follow, I did. That was the first thing I said. At, at Hockey Night NY, you're not even paying attention. No, not at all. Good gray. Good goodness gracious. <laughs> yeah, what? We, we are. We are. Good just, gray. We are. Yeah, good gray. It's a new. It's a new phrase. So, folks, once again, also rate, review, and subscribe. Yeah, we're throwing a lot of stuff at you here, but do it. Help us out. Help promote the show. We appreciate. It. We love you guys. We love the Follow chat. Follow us on MySpace. <laughs> MySpace.com. Yeah, is that does that even exist anymore? I don't think so. I don't think so either. So, folks, huge thanks to you guys. We'll be back regular scheduled time next week. Thank you so much for Christian Arnold. My name is Sean Cuthbert. Have a great rest of your Sunday night. Happy Valentine's Day. Happy Valentine's Day.